0: EcoHealth, your internet radio. Well, let's start. Good afternoon, ladies and gents. It is the Road Trip Show. Uh, we are doing a Zoom session. We're having some issues, uh, but I'm trying to sort it out as we go along. But uh, yeah, I've got Didrik on on the other side on Zoom, and I think we're gonna kick it off. Uh, Didrik, how's it going on that side?
1: No, nice and nice and hot summers here, no question about that I think we're in for a scorcher this year Come December, January, February, I think we're going to cook
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> for, for sure, for sure
1: Yeah, so uh, I think this week we gave, we'll finish off in Kruger We've got the last bit of Kruger to do The southern section of the park was called the southern section of the park Which is sort of from the, the picnic site called Chokwan All the way down to the southern border of Kruger on the Crocodile River now that's obviously the most popular part of the park because it's easily reachable out of gauteng that's the main tourist route when international tourists eventually start coming back to south africa they land at Joburg international from pumalanga is obviously part of the part of the route you do the panorama route into kruger then down through eswatini eswatini is now what swaziland is called they did a name change a little while ago and then you head off to, further down the coast or through to Durban. So the southern side of the park tends to be the busiest part of the park. It's definitely got more roads and more routes and more dirt roads and a lot more camps and facilities than the northern side of the park. And it's one of the most popular parts of the park for obvious reasons. I mean, the the most most wildlife is probably down in the southern side of the park. And if you really go, go into it, You've got about nine different eco-zones. We've been talking about the different eco-zones in Kruger. You've got nine different eco-zones from Chokwan down to the Crocodile River. So there's an incredible variety of plant growth, of different zones, of trees, of bushes, of grass types, of geology, of soil types. And the biggest variety of animals is down on the southern side of the park as well. And even some of the rarities that you normally only see far north, the Tesebees, the um, Eland, occasionally migrate down to the southern side of the park as well into some of the weirder areas there. And when I was preparing for this one, I was looking at this mass of facilities in Kruger down that side of the park, and I sort of thought, okay, well, we're going to have to divide it up into sort of into categories. And the first one we do now is just go on the picnic sites. We chatted about Chokwan. Chokwan is that... Rather big picnic sites, centrally located It's on what we call the the triangle route. People coming through either Numbi Pabeni or Paul Kruger Gate, they zoom through Skukuza, they get up to Chokwan, Chokwan to Lower Sabi, Lower Sabi back to Skukuza in the late afternoon, and that's probably one of the most popular routes, especially for coaches and the, and the tourists. And Chokwan's a great little spot, nice little small shop, the lack of little restaurant. We spoke about the braai that keeps on going there. Um, yeah. One of the drawbacks yeah. is the monkeys and the boons Have learned about the place So you've got to guard your, your plate of food You can never abandon your table Abandon your table for 30 seconds And someone's raided, raided the table <laughs> And made off with your breakfast or your, or your plate Or your cold drink or your muffin or whatever you've got there yeah. It's gone
0: And I, I remember the, the baloney The baloney
1: yeah <laughs> no, no No <laughs> That <laughs> uh, was the weird bri that we had with some of the Belgians. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other interesting little picnic site is a place called Nkutlu. Nkutlu is on the main Tar Road between Skuta and Lower Sabi. And that is a spectacular But Nkutlu is a nice one. Also, right on the Sabi River, they've got like little terraces that you can sit on. But if you look over the river, uh, it's quite interesting. If you look very carefully, you'll see that there's a fenced off area down that part of the world. And they're doing a, an animal exclusion experiment. So the smaller grazers and browsers can get into that fenced off area, but they're excluding elephants and some of the bigger browsers and grazers to see what effect um, that exclusion actually has, whether, whether there is a massive impact on the riverine bush by excluding some of those um, bigger animals. Also, a little bit further down there, you've got the Afsal picnic site. Afsal is the sort of halfway between Skakuza and the um, Malo Gate. And Afsal is an interesting one because Afsal literally means off saddle. <laughs> and it was a favorite place. <laughs> the road from Afsal up through Kop and, and further up to the escarpment was the wagon route between the old Transvaal goldfields. And when we're talking goldfields, we're not talking Johannesburg. we're now talking Leidenberg, Sabi, MacMac. And that was the route from that area through the Lofeld down to um, the then Lorenzo Marx. And that that little Afsal picnic site was one of the was one of the favorite ones uh, for the Oxwagens to actually overnight there. And it pops up again in our in our story a little bit later on. You got one or two of the smaller picnic sites. You've got the Lindosi Dam, beautiful view over the dam, just north of Lower Sabi. And there's one right at one of the entrances called the Albacini Ruins. Now, Joao Albacini was a Portuguese trader. And he was a very, very influential, influential person in the 1870s, 1880s in in the He had a little trading store there. There's another there's another memorial to him in Kruger further down what, what, what we call the Fortricka Road. And he was a very influential person amongst the, amongst the Tsonga. The Tsongas were the predominantly, the, predominantly the tribe that occupied that part of the world. And he was actually called the white chief of the Tsonga. White chief. And Why the white chief? <laughs> he was called the white chief of the Tsonga. He set up a couple of trading posts and he became a very, very wealthy man. Down in, that, in a, that part of the mother. The Albacini ruins are right at a gate, at the Pabeni gate. Okay. So you can actually, to the end of enter the park, you know, a little short drive up there, and you can go and park off at a little picnic site. There's a c- couple of graves at that picnic site as well. Old Game Rangers, Samuel Movuntla, is buried there along with his mother for the past. Um, but unfortunately, that policy uh, is no longer actually in effect. So I'm not sure how they. Now they doing that. But uh, my was actually buried there at at, uh, at the Albacini ruins, along with his mother. And just an interesting one, there's a buffalo thorn tree growing on on the mother's grave. And that is one of the traditions that the buffalo thorn has a spiritual significance um, in in that culture. But in, in Kruger, in that part of the world, has also got the most number of gates to get into the park. You know, up north, you've literally got a gates that are almost 100 150 kilometers apart but once you get down to the southern side you've got quite a few gates you've got crocodile bridge gate which is right down near the mozambique border you've got um Malalam gate also on the southern side which is the main route up from eswatini you've got numbi gate now numbi numbi gate unfortunately is getting a bit of a bad reputation there's a lot of unrest and protests and stuff on that road there goes to goes through um a lot of the rural areas, and there's a lot of unrest in that area, unfortunately. So if you do use that, that road, just check it out to the locals and see if you can make it in through Numbi Gate. Pabeni Gate was, was made a little bit further north because Pabeni is just outside of Hazyview, and that makes it an easy an easy access road, and Pabeni is where the Albacini Ruins are located as well. So Pabeni is a, a, a nice way to get into the park. And then, of course, you've also got the Paul Kruger Gate, which is the main gate, just a, just a little way away from Skukuza, and there's a couple of interesting little spots there. You've got a game ranger memorial tree, you've got a game ranger monument, and it's to honour the rangers. The rangers at the, at the moment in in Kruger are under a lot of pressure, especially with the anti-poaching work and stuff they're doing. It's becoming a little mini war, uh, especially protecting rhino and elephant. So the names of the rangers that have that have given their lives to conservation is actually on that one, and there's a there's a, a statue of Paul Kruger, the guy that I couldn't remember last week, all the things I couldn't remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there's a massive statue of Buster Paul Kruger outside the gate there, just just so that we don't forget who he actually was gave his yeah, name to the park. Yeah. Either by 99.9% of people recognize that Paul Kruger is the is the actual founder and the inspiration for the Kruger park. So there's many ways to access the park down on the southern side. And I think we need to cover a couple of the camps down there as well. The, the, that side of the park has got the the heaviest concentration of camps. You know, when you go up north <coughs> you've got, you only like got Sitara. Then the next one up is Olypunts. Next one up is the and They're pretty far apart. Then the southern side of the park, you obviously got the main camps, Kakuza. Now we covered that one last week. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got a very nice little camp. Now, there's a lot of people that, that love Crocodile Bridge. At the gate, there's a tiny little camp called Crocodile Bridge, And there's an awful lot of people that love mm-hmm. that camp. You see the reports and stuff people really really enjoy it um I'm never a big fan of those camps right on the borderline because you on the border of Kruger and at night you tend to hear the farming activity outside and you you know sometimes you you stand there looking at the river and you looking up <clears throat> Sugar.
0: I lost you there for a sec
1: can fields on the other side out of the river, so big Fland camp. Yeah, sorry, I'm saying you know the, the Bridge camp is is right on the river, and I'm not a big fan of that of those ones right down there because you, although although you're in the park, you're looking out over the river and you're watching the farming activity and sugar the land. Now, Mopani camp, one of the newer camps in the park. They recognised that Skukuza wasn't big enough and the southern side of the park needed another major um, uplift or increase in tourist accommodation.
0: Yeah. So
1: they built Bergendal. So Bergendal, again, is away from the traditional round hut type of accommodation, including little bungalows or rondavels, And it's, it's brick square, brick houses, it's ever so slightly different, but the nice part about it is, again, they've kept all the natural vegetation intact. So when you're sitting in your house, you're not in the circle or you're not in this cluster of other accommodation. So there's a lot of trees and a lot of stuff, you know, so you're feeling a lot more like you're still in the bush. Yeah. And at yeah. night when you're in the camp, there's a lot of activity in the camp. I, every single time I've stayed at Berchendal, um the braai and the dustman gets raided by a honey badger at night. So every single time it goes in it. My cat <laughs> my my hat gets sore. The outside gets raided by a by any badger. <laughs> so at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning you hear the dust being overturned or something's Yeah. Scratching the fridge or something overturning the last of the coals or something.
0: I just <laughs> wanna try so, something.
1: So Pathendal has again that's in it's in one of the the sorry
0: uh, I you just, yeah, I'm still here. I just want to try something. Uh, try turning off your, your video. Um, I just want to see if we, we got, if the streaming cool. is a bit better.
1: Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so Bad- Bergendal is is a, is, a, is a large camp. It's easily accessible out of Malalan Gate. It's probably about 20 kilometers from, not even 20 kilometers from Malalan Gate. But it's in one of the strange little, funny little eco zones. It's in a place called the Malalan Mountain Bushveld. And there's a, there's one or two beautiful mountain drives right close to the camp. But it's it's not a great productive area, isn't it? Yeah, so Malen for me, nice camp, nice atmosphere at night. It's relatively quiet, it's got all the facilities, it's got a lovely swimming pool, very nice little restaurant, nice viewing, You've got a little, little dam there. So that that could be one of the options. Also very nice night drives out of out of yeah. Out of the out of that camp. <clears throat> um, but I'm sort of more the purist in Kruger. I enjoy that Rondavel that 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 fat that roof Rondavel smell and those little round huts to me is more is more Kruger, but that's just a personal choice. Then you can go to the oldest camp in Kruger, you have got Pretorius Cop just up the road. Now in, in Pretoria's Cop, there's a couple of pretty interesting little things to see. You've got the Honorary Ranger Memorial. You've got an old transport wagon there to commemorate those, those wagon drivers that used to go through. The first tourist hut in Kruger is actually still there to be seen. And oh, it's a okay. tiny little thing. I mean, you look at that and you go, wow, thank goodness Kruger's actually evolved a little bit. <laughs> so there's no windows in it. There's just a door. It's, it's a very... It couldn't have been very pleasant to stay in there. Yeah. You must have got so hot in that place at night when the door was closed. Because obviously, you can't sleep. The door open. Yeah, and you have got a little memorial hat. They called the Harry, the Harry Volta hat. Harry, the lion guy from last week.
0: That's it. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, he, he's he's quite prominent in that in that area. Okay, we spoke about the lower Sabi. Lower Sabi, brilliant camp. Um, huge, huge restaurant and viewing deck overlooking the Sabi River. So the camp hasn't changed much, they haven't added much to the accommodation, but they've built a massive restaurant to allow for the lunchtime crowd basically coming into Lower Sabi because everything that's a international tourist literally winds up in Lower Sabi for lunch whether you're on an open vehicle or whether you're on a coach or whatever it's just the right distance and it's on one of the most productive roads, the river road from Kakuza to Lower Sabi. Yeah. So a fantastic game area. And you sometimes even have to book your, book your place in that restaurant on that deck. It's insane sometimes how busy how busy that place gets. But then I think one of my, my all-time favorite camp is also down on the southern, right on the southern side, a little place called Biamiti, the Biamiti Bush Camp. And that, again, is one of these little camps. I think there's a total of six huts there, seven huts in total. It's off a little dirt road. It's right on a river. You've got a fantastic little bird hide there. And, again, one of those spots where at night it just shuts down and it's deadly quiet. No one's driving around. And you ride down on one of the more productive roads in Kruger. You're on on one of the rivers down there. So, Biomiti, of the ones that we've chatted about now, I think Biomiti would be my first prize if you're looking for accommodation uh, down that side of the park. Or, and all Pretorius Corp. I also love Pretorius Corp. They've got some beautiful huts down on the on the perimeter. And okay. Pretorius Corp at night, you've always got the parlors. There's a resident herd of the impala in there. Pretorius Corp's also got a fantastic rock swimming pool. Um, half, the, half the pool is natural rock. And then they managed to build a, a swimming pool around around that as well. So those those, those would be my, my first choices uh, to stay down on the southern side of the park.
0: Ah, oh, okay,
1: but there's <laughs> there's the the roads in the roads in the southern side of the park are almost endless. You would struggle really, really struggle to cover all of those roads. So I thought I'd, I'd just cover um, a couple of them and <clears throat> the probably the most historic one is what's called the Fortricka Road. And the Fortricka Road is the road that runs from Pretorius Cop to that um, little picnic site called Afsal. Oh, yes. And when you go out of Pretorius Cop, Pretorius Cop being the first camp in the park, it was the first place where tourists could go. There's a whole gaggle of tiny little roads around Pretorius Cop, and you can see how they were struggling to understand how to make cars and wildlife and driving yourself around Kruger actually work. Because a whole lot of tiny little roads and then you go down a little side road and there's a little circle on the end of it. And then you back down <laughs> on the main road and stuff. So
0: <laughs> you can see
1: them trying to work out how, how they were actually going to do this tourist thing. But hmm. when you eventually come out of that little maze of roads around Victoria's Corp and you, <clears throat> you find... The road that runs down to Bushveld. Now that's that famous story about the dog Jock of the Bushveld.
0: Oh yes, yes.
1: And it's it's a fantastic book. It's a fantastic book if you want to read about that that period um, of history. It'd be just just basically pre pre proclamation of Crude, and that foot tracker road. Is covered extensively in the story of Jock of mm-hmm. the Bushfeld. There's a couple of Jock of the Bushfeld memorials on that road, mm-hmm. even his birthplace, apparently, where Percy, Percy Fitzpatrick actually found Jock and picked him up as a little puppy. So a lot of the stories in the book actually played off down that Foottrekker Road. Okay. But Foottrekker Road is 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 a is a funny road. I've tra- I always do that Four tractor road. It's again it's a great drive from Pretoria Scop to Afsal because you if you leave early you can make Afsal for breakfast they make a wonderful breakfast in Afsal. But it's one of those roads where you either see almost nothing or everything literally falls out of the trees and falls on top of you. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a really it's a really, really weird road. Um, I've seen some of the rarities down there, I've seen side stripe jackal on that Medro I'm losing you a bit I've seen you it's one of of the few areas in Kruger where you get sable because of crosses <laughs> uh, it is, is in the now sable look. or did it is down on the south are you there? Have you got me? Am I on?
0: Yeah, you're cutting out a bit. Yeah, hello? You're cutting out a bit.
1: Okay, no I think my yeah, I think my connection my connection is telling me it's still okay.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm not too sure about this one. Um but yeah, okay, let's continue. Yeah, so putting <laughs>
1: road, what are the this weird roads like a
0: Okay, well, let's try and continue and uh, see what happens. We might have to redo this one at some stage.
1: Okay, yeah, so okay, well, it's like I said, one of the and it crosses Terminalia woodland where you get to see the, the sable. And it's interesting because when you're driving down that road, you actually, on the, on the, at some point, you see massive fence, fences, and and that, that's the quarantine camp. And that's where they actually reintroduce white rhino from. White rhino were extinct in the park, and then in the 1960s, they brought some rhino in from oh, yeah. the or um, Onfalosi complex, put them in there. Mm-hmm. They kept them under quarantine, and they actually released the white rhino from that camp. And the one at there, I think they had three subsequent introductions in order to keep the gene pool going. So, when you're down Pretoria's Corp, the southern side of the park, that's also rhino headquarters, basically, of the park. Mm-hmm. The other roads. The Numbi there's a, the, the Numbitus again, uh, um, road is also one of the interesting ones because that's where Pretorius Corp gets its name from. There's a little grave. As you come in from Numbi gate it's a little bit further on, you see a little grave site on the right-hand side. And that's a guy by the name of Willem Pretorius. He was one of the foot-trekkers. He was part of Karl Trichardt's trek to Lorenzo Marx. There's a foot-trekker monument in, in what is now Maputo. Um but he died there eighteen forty five and he was he was actually buried by Albacini, Joao Albacini, the traitor character that we had up the very, very notorious there. And it's a bone of contention, they're not sure, but they would imagine that
0: Okay, Didrit, can you hear me?
1: I'm I can hear you like a, a me
0: Yay, we are back <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are back. That was a bit strange. That was, I think, sunspo- I think there's sunspots yeah. or something again. Eh?
0: Yeah, our internet went completely dead. We've we've got two routers, and the one was completely
1: dead. Well, I must admit, the the connection is sounding a lot better right now.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, so so we were chatting. We were chatting there about the, about the what called the 4 road. And I was saying, you know, that's that's one of those weird roads that's, that either produces absolutely nothing and you've got an hour and a half or two hours of bumpy dirt road and you see nothing or everything just falls out of the trees. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, I've seen size type jackal on that road. You normally pick up rhino there. You honestly, you, you, it's one of the few places in the park where you pick up sable, sable antelope. So it's a really, really nice road. And when, you, when you're on that road, you, you're coming out of... Um, what they call the Pretorius Corp Sauerfeld, which is where you pick up those the sable and stuff because that's one of those areas uh, that the other grazers are not there, so predator numbers are down. But as you move across there, you go into mixed bush willow, you start going into what they call the crocodile river thickets, and that is a lot more productive. So your your animal mix and bird mix is very, very different. Okay. And the And you get rewarded with a nice little breakfast at upsal. So, oh, <laughs> <Laker. laughs> <laughs> So that, that that's always a good road. I always try try and travel that foottracker road. And I don't know if you picked it up, but I chat to them. there was that there's that big enclosure that you see when you're on that road as well, and very heavy duty fencing. And that was where they reintroduced rhino. Yeah. Rhino were extinct in Kruger for a long time, mm-hmm. and white rhino were or white lip rhino, square lip rhino. Give it you know whichever one you want to call it.
0: Yeah. Were yeah.
1: reintroduced from the Onfalosi Park in the late nineteen sixties. They were put into that enclosure, released from there, and they've had several subsequent introductions in that area as well. So the southern side of the park is at a rhino headquarters and they've expanded right there, right up through to the to the to the um to the Ullifans River. The other one we spoke about, William Pretorius, did that did that part come through the the grave of the foot tracker just outside Numbi Gate? I think we I think we managed that one. Yeah. So that, that 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 foot tracker road again is also the the whole story of Jock of the Bushveld. A lot of the stories in Percy Fitzpatrick's epic work, Jock of the Bushveld, played out on that foot tracker road. Where you got Jock's battle with the Sable Antelope, you got his adventures, you got the hunt. All of that stuff played on that, out on that road because that was the transport route from yes. the Leidenberg, Sabi, Macmac Mac goldfields down to Maputo, or what then Lorenzo Marx, because at that stage, again, it was the Transvaal Republic. Paul Kruger was trying to keep um, as much away from the British as possible. So he was the, really developing that route to Maputo yes. for imports and exports rather than trying to send stuff down south through the Cape Colony. So there was a lot of activity in that area before the Kruger Park was, was actually proclaimed. Mm-hmm. When you're going um, for Benny's Kakuza, that was Harry on stomping grounds. There's a couple of memorials to Harry Vola our lion guy from, from last week. And he also got a little place called the Joe Ludolf Memorial and a place called Napi Kop. And Napi not Kop. many people know this guy, <laughs> Joseph Francis Ludolf. Um, had his ashes scattered there, and he was a one of the members of the commission that actually established the Kruger Park. So he was in that initial commission with Paul Kruger and Grobler who established the park. And then once the park was established, he served on the on the board for many many years. He was one of the big proponents of expanding the size of the park. So he's commemorated. On um, on some rocks just off the side of the road there. You've also got another one, a um, little place called Port's Windmill. Those windmills, again, one of the more controversial things in Kruger. Once the fence lines went up on the western border of Kruger, the animals were stopped from migrating between summer and winter. They used to move to oh, the foothills yeah. of the Drakensberg. <clears throat> and thousands of animals died up against the fence line for lack of water. Well, so they, the park started the water for wildlife project. People donated money. Windmills got put in. Windmills got put into weird areas. Suddenly there was water everywhere, and it changed the dynamics in the ecology of the park to to um, quite an extent. Later years, they've been shutting down windmill because they've realised what has been yeah. happening, and um, there's been a lot of outcry about it because now animals etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so it's a it's a, it's a controversial. Topic in Kruger, the shutting down of these windmills.
0: Yeah. But
1: one of the windmills there was rain, named after a guy, a Ranger Delaporte. And he was actually put in charge of the park when Stevens and Hamilton left during World War One to go serve in the military. De La Porte actually took over as acting chief in charge of Kruger. Okay. And he was also one of the very, very first groups of Game Rangers. So again, one of the characters that right from the word get go, when when Stevens and Hamilton started the park, teleport was part of it, became essential to the whole operation. And he's got one of the little windmills named after him. So the names on those windmills and stuff are not just arbitrary characters that are get get pulled out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Or you know, they, yeah. <laughs> they all,
1: they've all got, got uh, something to a do with the park <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, those are sort of more the the the, the main roads. The other roads that you that that, that that we talk about now is definitely the road from Skukuza to Lower Sabi. Now that has gotta be one of the busiest roads in Kruger. It's a beautiful tar road. There's the Nkutlu picnic site halfway down. But that, that skirts an area And the Sabi, the Sabi River seems to be the break Line between these two Different ecozones Because you're talking on the southern side You've got what's called the Sabi River thickets Oh yeah Now when you drive that road you'll understand what it is Because it's thick, thick, thick acacia And another bush called Dicrostacus um, that oh, That's form almost Impenetrable bush But What do you call that bush? Is, Sorry, Dicrostacus. Dicrostachys. Uh, yeah, dicrostachys is, a, is a, it's a it's the fancy name for it. It's a, the, the a common name is the Chinese lantern tree. Ah, when it's okay. in when it's in bloom, it gets the most beautiful little pink and yellow fluffy little flowers on it. Ah, it's a okay. it's a vague, it's a vague relative of the well, it's a member of the uh, acacia, the bigger group of acacias. Okay. Now all of those are indicators of very very nutritious soils. So in those thickets you get herds and herds of impala, of kudu, of bushbuck, of, you know, all the browsers are in there. It's great. It's a really, really good grass. So you get a lot of the herds, herds of buffalo and stuff in there, zebra, wildebeest are in there. Elephants are all over that place as well. So it's a really, really fantastic road. But just to the north, just to the north of, of the Sabi you then even get, you get the what's called the Marula Knobthorn open tree savanna. So you've got these two eco zones meeting at the Sabi River. So you've got the riverines, the riverine bush along the river. You've got these different eco zones, all on hugely nutritious soil and nutritious plant growth. So the animal concentration on that road from Skukuza to Lower Sabi is absolutely incredible. And I once did a drive on that road, and I think I saw the Big Five within an hour and a half. Wow. Everything, everything is there. Leopard, it's leopard heaven, because there's baboons all over the place, there's impala all over the place, which is obviously leopard's preferred prey. Plus it's riverine trees. So every every preconceived picture you can get in your head of a lazy leopard lying on the branch somewhere is what you're gonna pick (laughs) up in that area. The thickets and the slightly more open land to the north is ideal lion territory. They can do the ambush thing properly because there's enough cover for them to do it. You know, and you've got all these animals all over the place. So that that road is absolute heaven. For the bird watchers, there's all sorts of interesting stuff there as well. You know, the trumpeter hornbills are through there, the, the go-away birds, the luries, all of that stuff is is along that river. So it's not amazing that it's one of the most popular roads and why they actually call it Tilo Street. It was late late afternoon, there's traffic jams there. We chatted a little bit I think last time or the time before the uh, yeah. the road raging Kruger. That's where you <laughs> see road raging Kruger, people <laughs> sort of jockeying for different spots and you know and there's something interesting. All the cars are sort of piling up on top of each other and everybody's trying to find a good a good spot to yeah,
0: yeah. to see
1: it. So, you know that, that road, if you are a season, it's a fantastic road. In season that's where you're going to hit hit the big the big traffic jams. The, from 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 lower Sabi now lower Sabi is again it's one it's one of those camps which which for me when it's quiet is absolute paradise. When but in season it's sort of the lunchtime stop for everybody down there, so it becomes exceptionally busy and noisy during lunchtime but once the crowds have dispersed and the day visitors are out lower sabi in the late evenings and stuff is absolutely beautiful yeah you got a beautiful little low water bridge there as well and the bird life on the sabi river is amazing if you park on the next to the rocks there's normally crocodiles waiting in ambush for the for the fish that get washed washed down the rocks you see the crocodiles ambushing the stuff that comes over the little waterfalls. Again, you lovely guest house in Lower Sabi. And at night, again, once the crowds are gone, you got that huge deck over the Sabi River is is absolute paradise. So you can literally just sit there and you can do your game watching off the off the deck there. The road the road then from from Lower Sabi that now goes down to down to Crocodile Bridge is also you you're in another one called the Delagoa Thorn Thickets. And that is also very, very thickly, thickly pushed, very, very dense, very dense growth. So you gotta do do that road very, very slowly. Okay. But again, it is very very nutritious stuff and that's mm. packed with rhino, packed with elephant, packed with giraffe, impala, bushbuck. Um but you really gotta work hard to to find it. And it's an interesting one because that, that road as well has got these little Little, like little mud pans. It's like a kind of clay soil down there. And you get these little, open, suddenly you get a little open area and there's this big mud, muddy puddle thing there. And if you take your time and you stop there, normally you'll get some warthogs coming out there, elephant or rhino coming in there for the little mud baths and stuff like that. So okay. that entire area is, is really, really high value game viewing down there. And there's a, one interesting little spot on that, Lower Sabi, the Crocodile Bridge Road And it's a place called Sardelli's Trading Post Now all of these are historical markers Including you'll see like little Stone blocks Built all over the place it's oh, yes. your Signboards and stuff but a lot of them Down that part of the world are, are The historical sites And Sardelli was a a Greek merchant He, was a, he seemed to be A, a contemporary of Um Albacini as well. And remember, that that was where the main routes were. And it was also the routes where mine workers would, would now be leaving um, Johannesburg area and moving back down into into um, Mozambique and down into the Lofeld. Yes, yes. And apparently this guy wasn't a very, very nice guy, apparently. <laughs> he, he, apparently <laughs> he apparently commanded a little gang of highwaymen that used to rob the Shangans as they were coming home with their wages. Oh, wow! So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he was a very savory character. But next to next to the plot, next to the little monument thing, you've got a couple of blue gum trees and things there, which were planted by him. And he he left his trading store when the Anglo Boer War broke out. And again, Anglo Boer was just pre pre proclamation of Kruger. And he joined a crowd Also it's a it's an entire history On its own But there was a crowd called Steinackers Steinackers horse Which was a, an irregular unit Raised by the British To try yeah. and Secure that area For the British forces And Steinackers horse seemed to have been A magnet For every unsavory character And adventurer <laughs> <laughs> In that in in that region, so yeah. not a very savory reputation, but a, a fascinating history. If we if we want to go and talk about them at some point, because there's another funny little anomaly down in the in that side of the park. If you take the main road or the the dirt road between Crocodile Bridge and Malalan, now that road more or less follows follows the river. It's a lot of a lot of up and down, a lot of sort of broken open acacia woodland. Yeah. But at some point you, you actually come across a little place where General Ben Ful Yun was operating. Okay. And this is another one, Anglo boer War stuff, where he had a couple of artillery pieces and he was then obviously in that area. That, that zone, sort of from Crocodile River down to where the border of Eswatini, Swaziland is now, was a very important corridor during the Anglo-Boer War, because that was the supply line for the Republic. Everything was coming in through Lorenzo Marx. Lorenzo Marx, Portuguese territory, Portuguese territory being neutral. Yes. But once you've crossed the border into the Transvaal, it was open game. So the British were trying to shut down those lines, and the, and the Boers were obviously trying to keep it open. So quite a fair amount of activity. Happened in that valley of the Crocodile River But um, General Ben Fuljoon actually spiked His guns there towards the end Since September 1900 And Fulhoun actually came out of, out of Krugersdorf, he commanded a crowd called the Krugersdorf Volunteer Corps And 1900 was just at the Time of the Battle Of Bergendal, Battle of Bergendal uh, You pass that one When you're coming past You've just gone past Belfast And you're heading down now towards Macharredorp There's a big monument on the side of the road there The Battle of Berchendal That was the last conventional battle Of the Anglo-Boer War And then it moved into the guerrilla phase So Fulhoun was caught down in that part of the world With his guns and many huge artillery pieces Doesn't mean that you're very, very mobile So he spiked his guns down in, in that spot so he then moved over to guerrilla type of type of warfare, and he had a, he had guys from Johannesburg, Boxburg, Kruisdorp, all over the place. And I don't think, I don't think he was ever actually captured. Okay. But the interesting aside mm. from Phil is that he refused at the end of the war to sign allegiance to Great Britain. Oh, okay. And and he's actually buried in New Mexico in the USA.
0: New Mexico. He, he, what he, is
1: last, he, he doing he there? Just, he couldn't <laughs> live. He couldn't live with the with the British, and he, he emigrated <laughs> to the USA. So there's a tiny little piece of South African history in New Mexico, in the USA, with General Ben grave there, and that's a very strange link to a little spot in Kruger as well. I always yeah. sort of sit sort and of wonder how these connections and stuff actually come together.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a uh, weird one.
1: Yeah, it's, but all of the all of these spots are marked. All of these spots are actually marked in Kruger. So if you take your time, mm-hmm. and most of the guidebooks in Kruger have got where these little historical spots are, and where you know there's very very brief history. But again, all of the history is on the on the on the um, road trip essay app. So. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about is on the app but not generally known and it's certainly not in any of the general guidebooks mm-hmm. that you can that you buy, buy in kruger yeah and there's there's one one or two other little spots that, you know, that, that 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 transport route played such a massive role in the development of that side of the kruger park there's little. There's a little Delagoa Bay transport route. Plaque again. It was. It's just a little bit further down from, from Afsal. and when you do that foot tracker road, you drive that foot tracker road, you get to Afsal. Now Afsal is a really really nice little picnic site. It's got a little. It's got a little shop there, but they've got a little restaurant, and you can sit under the under the under the um, little shelters and things that they built there. And breakfast can be delivered. You can cook your own breakfast. But I've been in Upsal more than once, where you actually sitting at your at your table, and I've had I've had an elephant walk straight through the middle of the of the picnic site before. Oh wow! There's been there's been more than once where you look carefully and just 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 below a sign. There's signs there saying, you know, stay within the demarcated area. Do not walk out into the bush on your own, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you come to the picnic site and there's, there's like a whole ring of tables that are not being used. Yeah. And you walk up, and you have a look, and there's a hyena lying underneath the sign right on the edge of the picnic site.
0: <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> oh, that could be uh, quite interesting. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and the hyenas obviously have learned that they're scraps and things, and people are silly. They they, they throw scraps of bacon and stuff out into the bush. You know, yeah. they, 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 they finish cooking and they, they don't, they're too lazy to go and put it in the dust, so they just scrape it off. So the animals tend to learn. Yeah. That and, and that's so wrong. I think, so I, I think wrong. it was Afsal. Offsal had a case once where some lion, I think it was a lion, actually were chasing a kudu. And. I, I think it was. I think they, they arrived in the morning with this one, and there was a pride of lion on a kudu kill on the veranda of the restaurant oh, in Upzal, yeah. which uh, caused a little bit of consternation for the day. And I think <laughs> I think they opened a bit late that morning. Yeah. I don't think they got into the shop and managed to open the restaurant on time with that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I see our hour is gone again, but yeah, I see the
1: hour is gone.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and uh, the technical difficulties we've been having, uh, but yeah, uh, but uh, next yeah, week, but uh, oh. so I think
1: I think I think this, this sort of should conclude our four part series on Kruger. Yeah, there's look, there's a lot more I can talk about, and maybe we start on a on one or two other different aspects of the Kruger Park and not necessarily the actual spots and points and things. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so much to do there. They'll go, oh, we can carry on and do some other, one or two of the other national parks. We've got such a richness of parks and nature and, and facilities in this country. It's, 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 actually, it's actually amazing. Yes. So I think, I think next week we'll get back onto, onto some road trip stuff. I'll, I'll decide which, which roads we want to travel next week, and let's see where we go.
0: Yeah, awesome. And, uh, yeah, good luck with your car. What was the, the yeah. trouble?
1: no yesterday yesterday driving home on the highway i suddenly get a whole gaggle of lights lights flash up on the dashboard
0: <laughs> and
1: the car goes into limp mode and i managed a whole 17 kilometers an hour on the highway oh no and i phoned i phoned the dealer and i said listen and i said no no it's fine no no it's in limp mode you can drive you can get you can get to us and they shut the diagnostic tool onto it and the turbo the turbo has gone
0: oh lovely
1: Yes, okay. oh lovely. Yeah. So, I'm hoping it's still a warranty claim
0: because
1: this turbo I put a turbo into it about 40,000 kilometers ago, so a turbo should last longer than that. Yes, so hopefully, I'm not in for a massive pull. I'm once the show's done, my next phone call is actually to the dealer and say, Listen, have you got this warranty claim sorted out so I can limp my car up to you guys and get the thing <laughs> fixed?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But sitting, sitting at 17 kilometers an hour on the, in the left-hand lane with your two wheels in the ditch trying to avoid trucks at 120 is not fun on the highway.
0: No, I don't think that's a lot of fun, though, right? Eh?
1: No, it's not. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of stressful. And you're sitting there and you're going, oh, my God, I hope I don't blow the whole motor.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, what can you do?
1: But, in theory, next week we back up and running...
0: Yes, and yes. There's,
1: life, there's life at the end of the tunnel. My little safari company's got another booking for next year, March, April. The tourists are coming back. Oh. And just just an aside, while we're talking on Kruger, the focus it's a it's an American, it's an American father with daughter. Oh yes, who couldn't make a main group. I'm, I'm an agent for a big big group operation in the US that send me uh, coach coach loads every year.
0: Yes, they yes. couldn't
1: make those dates, so they got put onto me as a little private tour. Okay. And it's an interesting itinerary. We, I meet them in Cape Town. We do some stuff in Cape Town. And we fly from Cape Town to Hootsprate. There's an airline now that flies from direct from Cape Town to Hootsprate. And we've got four nights in Kruger. And as an I mean, this is almost a perfect itinerary as far as I'm concerned. We spend night number one in Orpen. Oh, yeah. Open is that lovely little camp right on the gate with a water hole that's floodlit at night. Yes South yes. catering So we got to I've got to introduce him To a proper brian On a barbecue <laughs> then, <laughs> <laughs> then we drive up to Lataba So we get up That Timbavati road yes. Which is that road Where we had that leopard With the, with the porcupine quills Also fantastic Beautiful, beautiful area Into Lataba mm. Lataba's that area I'm, I'm looking and maybe Doing the night drive Lataba's where I saw That white lion That one time And that little albino squirrel there Oh, the yes, yes. on the river fantastic drives along the Lataba River um, for the afternoon then we move down the next night into Satara that flat camp with nothing but the most fantastic game area yeah in the middle of the the way there's four different eco zones come come together and then from Lataba the last night I've got a little camp called Biamiti which is um a little push camp oh, just yes. just south just south of open gate so we do this big circle. Around that central area, and it almost—it is almost impossible. Oh, sorry, not to be omitted. To Talamati, the the, the last one—the camp called Talamati. Oh yeah, Talamati. That that camp with that that, that lookout over the waterhole where that one client of mine saw the big five in one night. Yeah. I think that that same night, I think two leopards or three different leopards came down to the waterhole. Oh, yeah, the know, lady that
0: night. stayed up all night.
1: Yeah, that, that lady who stayed up all night and watched <laughs> it. So I mean, we've got so that that's going to be the itinerary for these for, for these guys. And then late that next day, we exit the park. We do the panorama route, so we visit you know the Blyde River Canyon and God's Window and a yes. couple of the waterfalls and stuff on the way back to Johannesburg. And then they they fly out later. They fly out at about past eight or nine o'clock or something back to the US. So okay. I mean, as a, as a four-day or five five four night five-day itinerary in Kruger, it's almost, it's, it, it, it's almost the ideal itinerary for that, that middle part of the park.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: I'm very excited about that. It's, I know it's only March. It's late in the middle of March, but uh, yes. I'm still totally excited about it. That's going to be a seriously nice itinerary to do. Well, that's like three months away. Can you believe yeah, it? Yeah, but you, you've got <laughs> Christmas coming up, and it's gonna it's yeah. gonna go so fast. I mean, before you before you know what's happening, Christmas is gonna be gone, and we're gonna be buying Easter eggs already. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> it goes it goes so stupidly fast.
0: Yeah, and buddy, Dr. Uh, awesome, once again, and yeah, uh, we'll see you next week. And, uh, I hope
1: I hope that I see you next week and not have to do a Zoom lesson with a, with a broken motor car.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, give yeah, up. Well, also, man. All righty. Cool Chat again later.
0: Okay, cheers, Diederik. Have
1: a good one. Cheers, guys. Cheers, bye-bye.
0: Okay, you listened there to Diederik, uh and uh, yeah, he's at home uh, doing the Zoom meeting from there. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, hopefully next week he'll be back with us in the studio. And uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated. And uh, yeah, let's go back to the music. Hope you enjoy.